Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She Has a Name Too. I am your host, Jerrica, and I am so excited to be here with Crystal today. Um, Crystal and I go way back, all the way back to 2017, no, 18. Um, we, We met when Ryan and I moved to California for his internship, and Crystal just took us in under her wing and... We lived in the same apartment complex um, and became friends. So since then, we have both moved to the South to various different cities, but we connect on social media regularly. Crystal is a mom of three, and she's just awesome. She's all around just an awesome, friendly, welcoming person. Um, So thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Sweet. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks. Sorry, I didn't give you like a really good transition there. So Crystal, tell us about yourself. Okay. I, as you have said, I'm a mom of three. Uh, My oldest is seven. Our middle child is five and our youngest will be two in April. I graduated school from BYU-Idaho, which is where I met my husband, We moved to California after he got his first job there, and then um, we experienced some problems during COVID and got laid off, and that's how we ended up in the South. We're closer to family here, and we're happy to be here. We're happy you're out here, too. Um, Okay, so today we, we had talked about talking about your chronic illness. We haven't really, like, talked. We haven't dived super deep into it, but we're going to talk about it today. And I hope that our listeners go into this a with a hope with an open mind and heart and B, I hope that this really helps those of you who are struggling with the same thing, because it's important to talk about these tough subjects and be vulnerable because I think that's what gives us community and helps us feel not alone in our struggles. You are totally right. First, I'll just talk about what I guess my main thing that I struggle with is I have something called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. It's very long, so I don't usually ever say the name. But my brain produces too much fluid and my body can't compensate and get rid of it all. So it ends up crushing my brain and my optic nerves and all this stuff. And so I've had a lot of problems from it. And they're just like problems that I deal with every day, even though um, I have a shut now. So I have ways of, you know, getting rid of the fluid. But um, I still have kind of like lingering effects from when I first got diagnosed and then because it took so long to get diagnosed, I kind of have permanent problems now because like my brain was under so much stress for so long that um, it kind of, now I just kind of deal with things like extra, I guess you could say side effects from it. So yeah, that's what it is. So what do you, what do you deal with on a daily basis? Like what are these side effects that you deal with on a daily basis that make being a mom more difficult? So my main one is like my um, pain tolerance is like really high because the pain that I'm in every day is actually pretty high. So it's like 
six to a seven normally. And so I have to like constantly plan out like breaks in my day because like I'll be in so much pain that it's like hard to take care of my kids or cook dinner or, you know, clean the house. And so um, that's like one of the main things. And then um, if like my brain is like too stimulated, you know, so by light or sound or any of those senses, I can like easily have a seizure. And so that's very problematic, obviously, when you're (laughs) parenting and uh, trying to be normal. And so what, what's unfortunate about these um, particular seizures is I am not responsive to medication. So I just have to just be careful, you know, like I have to avoid certain things or I have to like walk away from certain things if I feel like I'm getting too stimulated from something. And so um, sometimes, unfortunately, that will mean, you know, taking a step away from my kids or taking a step away from like a movie that we're watching because I just can't handle it. And so kind of like calm down and then I can go back. So yeah, that's also one of the like hard like side effects. But usually I can feel them coming on. So it's pretty not easy, but like I can ask for help if I need it or I can come and rest. And I'm better at preventing them now than I was when they were um, first happening. Because I was having like when I first started having seizures, I was probably having like 10 a day. Wow. I can't even imagine. <laughs> that I say that out loud. <laughs> so now I only have like one maybe like every three months or one every six months. And so um, really, I feel like we've gotten that part under control, which is super empowering when you're um, struggling so much every day. Was that happening when you when you had your kids or was this before? So I did have seizures when I was first married in college. Not as frequent, but after I had kids, yeah, I had a lot. So interestingly enough, my condition actually went into remission while I was pregnant. And then when I had my kids, it came back with a vengeance, basically. (laughs) And uh, so with my first kid, that's actually when I went blind again. Because like I went blind when I got first diagnosed when I was 19. And so I knew there was a possibility of that happening again, but like they the doctors were pretty confident it wouldn't. So I was like trusting of that. And so what happened, I was like devastated because obviously it was my first kid, had a ton of complications with that kid. Then I went blind. And so it was like just a super dark time, you know, because I was like, what? I don't even know. I Clearly I'm not made <laughs> to be a mother. And so um, that's when I got my shunt. And so pretty quickly. I would say in like three months, my vision did come back 100%. So I'm grateful for that. But obviously, um, damage, other damage had already been done, which, you know, learning how to deal with, with that every day. But you know, I'm hanging in there. You mentioned it a little bit before, but how do you kind of like manage your symptoms and avoid having seizures and juggle three kids? 
Okay, when I hear you say it, I'm just like, how do I do that? But honestly, like my biggest thing is low expectations, a lot of breaks, and just a lot of patience, not just with myself, but like with my kids, because they're kids, you know, they're learning how to be humans and like, they want to play and they want, you know, they want, they want these things so bad. And so when I can't give that, like, it's frustrating to them, but they like can't really control those emotions, you know? So like sitting down with them, having that patience, talking it out, explaining like, Hey, this is, this is our life, you know? Like, and so it's kind of like, we're, I have to teach them how to be a kid in a whole different way, you know? And so that's definitely takes a lot of patience, a lot of talking it out, a lot of just letting them be upset that their mom is so different, but then like realizing like, Hey, we still love each other. And like, we still have ways that we hang out and we still have ways that we have fun. And that's great. I love that you still like put your focus on your kids and like validate their feelings, right? Like you, all of you, everyone has valid feelings about what you're going through. And I just love that you recognize that like even your kids' feelings about it is totally valid. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm kind of actually grateful because like I kind of know what they're going through because my mom also had, um, she had lupus, has lupus. And so as a kid, some things we couldn't do, but she did her best to like, give us the world, obviously. So, you know, you learn a lot of compassion growing up and you learn slowly that things are a little different. And so coming from that, I feel like I just, I get, I get it. I get my kids. I get why they're upset. And so I feel like that actually helps me to just understand them because I kind of lived it, you know, and like, I love my mom to death, but there was, there was, sadness there you know when you're growing up and you just want to play and your mom can't because she's sick or she's not feeling well it's like that's hard and so seeing my kids literally live through that I'm like oh no you know like <laughs> they're living through what I'm living through but then it helps me just get on their level understand where they're coming from we just talk it out and then we just find new uh new things to do like a new game or a different you know, something different, a different plan or activity. Well, and I think it's important to note that like, we're all going to be different. Like we're all going to experience different things because like, I mean, we were talking before this about Valentine's day and how some moms went way out and, and did these elaborate things for the kids in class. But like not all of us can do that. And I think giving ourselves grace and allowing ourselves to not push ourselves over the edge um, just for looks or just to match Mrs. Jones over there, you know. Um, if you can, I mean, by all means, if you want to go all out, go all out. But you don't have to go all out about everything. And Whatever it is, whether it's chronic illness or it's a trial that you're going through, whether it's financial or physical or emotional or whatever, I think your message of like giving yourself grace and knowing your boundaries and your limits, I think is so important for us as moms. 
Yeah, and now that I'm 30, <laughs> I'm 30. But like, okay, I've had this like shift in my mind where it's just like, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what that mom's doing because she's not raising my kids. Like I'm raising my kids. What matters is what I can do and like listening to my body, not even just my physical body, but like mentally having chronic illness is really hard on you mentally, right? Because it's like day after day after day, it's like pain is there or like, you know, suffering is there. And it's really hard to stay positive through that. So it's like just listening to just me and just like my mind or just my body, like that's okay now. I don't know why it wasn't okay in my twenties, but I learned that. Okay. (laughs) Like that, I know, I know that hundred percent. And so no one can like, now at least no one can change my, my view on my mind and my body and I absolutely love them and I'll honor them and I'll slow down if I need to. I'll speed up if I feel like I can. And and that is such an awesome thing to learn. So I'm just so grateful that that I have that now. I think we all need to learn that. We all do, no matter what. We all need to learn to love ourselves. Um, I think that journey is different for everyone. But I, I just love how you said that. Okay. So if you don't mind, if it's not too personal, how did you decide? Because you, you mentioned that you went blind after your first kid, after your son was born. How did you decide to have more children after that? Honestly, um, a lot of prayer because 100% I was like dying when my first kid was coming into this world he was born basically not alive. He was gray, had to be resuscitated, like all this stuff. He was just this limp noodle. And that was incredibly traumatizing. We are in the NICU um, for a while. I, and those were just things that I, for the longest time, I was like, I can't, I can't go through that again, you know? And then obviously the doctors were pretty you know, uplifting and like positive, like, Hey, you can try again. We'll watch you. It's fine. But then, you know, the blindness came. Cause like, I didn't go blind until he was like four months old. And so it was like, um, I mean, like I was suffering. I had like a lot going on. Like I had really bad headaches and like, I was really foggy and I like, I'd get confused really fast. And so I was like, this has got to be something more than just headaches. And so once they finally figured it out, obviously, because I had gone blind, that was scary too. <laughs> so I, it was pretty much not an option for a while, to be honest. And I was like, I'm not going to think about it. Not going to talk to my husband about it. Like, it's just not, it's not an option. And if I talk about it, I feel like it'll become an option. You know what I mean? So it's like, it took probably like 18 months because it's how long they want you to heal from a C-section anyway. Before I was even like able to be like, are you okay with just having one kid? Cause like my husband came from a big family. And so I was worried he wanted that, but my whole first experience having a kid, being a mom, like all that, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I did not sign up for this. You know, if I, if I could go back then, then, I wanted to go back and not ever do it, right? Like, I was just like, this is too much. I was not in the best place, I guess, mentally. And so he was like, I am 
100% happy with just one because I want my wife to be alive and here and like living and making memories with us. And so we kind of just didn't even for a little bit, we just didn't even talk about it. And then I just prayed. I had a feeling one day I was like, dang it, this feeling, you know, you know, (laughs) it's like that feeling. And, And so I just started praying and I was like, what is this feeling? Why am I having it? And, and I told my husband, and he was like, what? <laughs> like, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, it's just one of those super out there, like, things. And so we prayed a lot, and it, w- it had ended up being one of those things where it was like, we'll just not necessarily try, but, like, we won't prevent either, right? And so... I think it took like six months, but then we did end up getting pregnant and that was terrifying. But like I already told you, like my illness went away completely again when I was pregnant. And so, but I had my shunt too. So like we weren't totally worried that anything bad was going to happen, but I mean, a lot of bad things still ended up happening. Um, Cause turns out, you know, I did a lot of research after having all my kids and like this illness does cause a lot of pregnancy complications because it's so rare. Not a lot of doctors know that, right? And so knowing that now, I don't know if that would have changed anything, but had complications with the second one. Still had a NICU baby, early baby. I was very sick. He was very sick. And so, but I didn't actually have problems with my brain. (laughs) So it just was like extra extra um, pregnancy complications um, aside from my brain stuff. And so once I had the baby, you know, I recovered pretty well. I got better. And then um, I can feel when my shunt's working really hard. And so after that pregnancy, my shunt was working really hard. And so we were worried it was going to like break. It didn't. (laughs) But um, once we moved to California, it stopped working as optimally as it was. So I don't know if that's because of the pregnancy or what. But now I have a semi, I guess you can say semi-functional shunt. It works as best as it can now. And they won't replace it all the way until it's like fully, fully in failure mode. So still works. It causes some problems, but still works. But yeah, a lot of prayer and a lot of trusting in the Lord and in my doctors. To be completely honest, I was like, look, I am terrified. But if you like promise you'll, you know, take care of us, then, you know, we were trusting. And yeah, we needed to be trusting. And the doctors did exactly what they needed to do when the time came. So. It was perfect. We had a good team of doctors and lots of faith. I think that's what got us got us through that. And then, you know, having been through the NICU before helped us get through the NICU again. It was hard still, but um, kind of was familiar with everything. So I knew I could ask questions. I wasn't like afraid to speak my mind or afraid to advocate for my baby. Um So all those things helped, like having that previous experience. 
Yeah, it definitely helps when you know what to ask and what to advocate for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard with babies because you kind of, I feel like we don't trust ourselves 100%, obviously, when we first become a mom. And so, you know, we trust those doctors. We trust those people who've, who've studied, practiced on these little tiny humans. And, and, and I feel like sometimes we put our our own instincts and like intuition kind of to the side. But I think it's important to trust that and listen to it because it is good. It's good to bring those things up when you're advocating for your baby because you could find a problem that that was originally glossed over, you know? Totally. There's no one who knows yourself and your children like you do. And I think that's such an important thing to realize when you're when you have chronic illness um and when you're a first-time mom especially it's true because I feel like a lot of my like chronic illness life I guess um involves just knowing what I need or knowing what they need and so they'll do a lot of like one-on-one time with their dad He'll, like, take them out on little dates. Um, They'll come and hang out in the bed with me with, like, some special activity. We play Uno a lot (laughs) in the bed. (laughs) So that's, like, one of their favorite games. We get a lot of board games and coloring and stuff. I make it a really big, like, emphasis on just having one-on-one time with them, especially when I'm not feeling well, because then I can get to know them more. They can get to know me more totally open to any of the questions that they have and they ask some pretty intense questions <laughs> sometimes so, um yeah yeah knowing just knowing what they need and trusting that trusting that what what I think they need is probably right um it helps and and just trusting that I know what I need and sometimes it's just snuggling with my babies you know like watching a movie in bed sometimes that's all you need and like it's okay to ignore the laundry piling up <laughs> or the dishes piling up, right? Like, just snuggle with your babies because even though you can't go out, right, and do all that stuff, they just love to snuggle. They just want you. That's all. I love that. I think that is a perfect spot to wrap up. Um, you are the perfect mom for your kids. There's a reason they came to you and they need the experiences that you're giving them no matter what they are. So thank you so much for coming on Crystal and sharing your experiences. And I hope that this episode has helped some of our listeners in letting go of those crazy expectations that we have of ourselves and listening to our own bodies and just knowing what's right for us and our family. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.